just gonna oh hey we're live there's no fancy intro this week my 11 year old daughter has my ipad my voice is has that typical holiday cheer that that it always has this time of year with hard living <laughs> hello everybody welcome to the show damian dunn a special wednesday episode of the friday episode of the show that airs on sundays and is released on tuesdays how's it going we're all still here we are all still here. Uh, so, Dame, did you have a good Christmas time? Uh, it was nice to be able to step away from uh, the computer screen for a little while, spend some time with family. I really could have done with maybe, um, I don't know, four or five inches of snow, so we could have gone sledding a little bit. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take what we get. Oh, excellent. Uh, we had a, a great, wonderful time uh, amping up for... Uh, you know, New Year's, all of that. We're going to record the show today, and then Damien, you and I are disconnecting until Monday, right? Yeah, the way the way we prefer it, just not seeing or talking to each other. So, Dame, here's what's on the show this week. We've got two uh, listener questions. Then we've got our bold. Oh, oh, hold on. 2021 bold predictions. And then we are going to hand out listener awards, <laughs> audience member listener awards, as well as Boam and uh, current events. Man, that, that sounds pretty exciting. Third segment is going to be bold predictions and listener awards. Um, yeah, I, if we have time. Otherwise, it goes in the fourth segment. Okay. Or unless you wanted that to be, well, yeah. You know, but we're going to do probably the listener awards between the segments because the radio audience has no. That's true. They won't care. They don't care. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So first question will be that very, oh, hello. Daniel, uh, yes, another Wednesday show. A surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. A good day to all. Good day, good day. I may have just said good day. I didn't mean that, Daniel. Uh, Friday is actually New Year's Day, so Dame will be eating cabbage and all his other traditions. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, Dame, let's do that uplifting life insurance question first, and then let's do that IRA question, which is a really good question. I might actually make my USA Today column this week if my editor emails me back and says I have a column due today, which I will write after I work out later today. Dame, I did not skip leg day this week, and I can barely stand up or sit down. I am in a state of flux. It is a terrible situation. How about lay down? Can you just do a, a reclined show today? I can lay on my stomach, but if I lay on my back, then my buttocks is in pain because that's how big leg day was this week. You need one of those personal uh, massager things, that uh, the the massage gun thing? Oh, wait. Uh, Danza says audio is out of sync. I think she means with like the well, audio and video, but is it echoing? That's all we care about. Is it echoing? Actually, I heard an echo in my own ears. Oh, boy. All right. Say something. Something. Yeah, I'm okay. Okay. Um, I want one of those things. What are those called? Those uh, hyper ice, something, something like that. I got one for Christmas. Oh, you did? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, tell me about it. So, it's you know, there's a million of them on Amazon anymore. You don't have to buy the four hundred dollar one. You can yeah. buy the you know seventy five, eighty, ninety, whatever. Uh, multiple attachments. Okay. Multiple speeds. Very quiet and light so that means this is key pete your kids can use it on your back and shoulders okay because i'm not flexible enough to use it on my own buttocks and and i mean yeah. the glute muscle yeah uh, when i reference the buttocks you yeah. know the, the pounding what brand did you get is it an I have Amazon no idea no nah, i'll take a picture and send it to you later because yeah, uh, I, I need one it's a knockoff but it, it works fantastically so far all right hey let's start the show three okay. two one this week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. It's the final show of 2020. It's the Pete's Gravelly Voice edition of the show. Joining me as always is Damian Dunn from Studio North. Hello, Dame. Hey, Pete. About once or twice a year, I lose my voice. And apparently, I'm going to start the new year with no voice. That's fantastic, Dame. Here's what's on the show today. Number one, uh, we're going to do a life insurance question that came in from somebody. It's a really good one. It's a young people with no uh, current debts, no current liabilities in terms of uh, kids and things like that. So do they need it? Then we're going to talk about how to open an IRA, if that's a thing. If someone's never done it, how do you do it? Then we're going to do 2021 bold predictions. 
then Boam and current events. So Dame, does this sound good? Yes, let's do it. All right, Dame, let's hit that life insurance question first. Dear, oh, good day, unrelated duns. I'm 29, my wife is 32. <laughs> Sorry. We live in Boston and we're thinking about getting term life insurance. Wonder if they're thinking about a death a lot because the Patriots just keep getting killed. I would normally feel bad about that if it was anybody other than the Patriots. My question is how much coverage should we get given predicted needs in the future? Currently, we have no debts or kids to take care of uh, should we die. Uh, so presumably, we don't need much life insurance. Okay, let's stop there. Dame, do you think someone with no kids and no debts who are married at 29 and 32, do you think just stopping there, do you think those sorts of people need life insurance in the moment right now? Yes, I do. I, I think you've got a lot of life ahead of you. And you know what, if you one of you were to um, kick the bucket, it'd be nice to give your uh, spouse your your new widow widower a little bit of runway to deal with the new adjustment to life. So yeah, I think a little bit of life insurance still would make sense in this very specific window. I think we've talked about this before. One of my pet peeves when you talk to people about life insurance is the idea of, oh, she'll remarry or, oh, I'll remarry or, and, yeah. it, and it's like, okay, okay. But do you want to have to be swiping left and right so that you're financially stable? I mean, the concept that you just said there, I, I really buy into. It's this concept of runway, of flexibility, uh, of being able to be personally responsible without having to marry yourself off via catalog or something like that. Let's continue. Uh, however, we plan to buy a house in the Boston suburbs, uh, $600 to $700,000 for the home with 20% down. Prices are around $500 a square foot. <laughs> and they plan to do that in a few years and plan to have two kids within five years. Are they playing the game of life? <laughs> just spin the wheel right feels like it would these predicted needs require more insurance than just a 10 times income value with a 30 year term policy i make a hundred thousand dollars a year my wife makes a hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year i know you like to say no one complains when they inherit too much life insurance i guess we could always add more later but that's a hassle and i just want to cross it off the list and age and health might prevent adding more coverage later in life thanks Jacob, I might be pronounced Jacob. I went with the traditional pronunciation. I'm back into Mattis Yahoo again. Are you? Did you ever go through a Mattis Yahoo stage? Uh, there are a couple songs that I enjoy listening to that I may or may not be able to come up with a name with, but uh, I, he is enjoyable. I'm getting my vibe right going into 2021 and Mattis Yahoo's at the top of the list. So Dame, okay, what do we think here? Uh, yeah, I, I think you absolutely go get life insurance. Uh, 10 times is our rule of thumb. And as much as you and I both dislike rule of thumbs, it's a great place to start. Uh, even though you don't have any kids or any debts at this point, you're planning on taking on a lot of debt and some kids and you got a lot of life ahead of you. So it, this is a great time. You're both young, presumably healthy. Go ahead and load up on term insurance and make sure you have plenty to cover uh, the needs that you you expect. I'm with you. Like, I, I, in fact, I would go over the 10 times because the value of the home is so much higher in proportion to the income levels, right? I, I would go one and a half million bucks, one and a half to 2 million. I, I remember when I was 31, I think I got two and a half million bucks for $92 a month or something like that. Mm. And it was a 30-year, 25-year, something like that. I don't remember. I should. Uh, I would absolutely load up. And, and if they want to add more later, that's fine. I think the most important thing for me is that your youngest child is out of the house by the time your policy were to expire, right? You don't want a, a 17 or 18-year-old um, and then you're, you're, you know, your policy expires, you die, and then your spouse and the survivors are left in a really bad situation. So if that means, you know, buying whatever now, and then once you figure out the timing in your family, adding on a supplemental 20 year after that point, that's something worth considering. Yeah. Two observations here. One, if you do the math on that, that's a pretty small house that they're looking at buying 600 to 700,000, $500 a square foot. You're talking 1200 to 1400 
uh, square feet. You're going to have two kids tossed in there. You're probably going to be moving into another house in the not too distant future too. So tack on more debt beyond that. Uh, So this is probably the first of a couple houses in the next 10 10 or so years you're going to be buying. So yeah, load up on insurance now. That's not the direction I was thinking you were going. You were like, there, that's many square feet with that many people. They're going to kill each other. But then that seems like a little dark around or the holidays. Up with a way more than two kids. 1,200 square feet in Boston with four people. You're right. They're, they're doing a good job of planning. But it, unless they're planning for this to be their family home and they have that built in, then you've got another issue around the corner. Yeah. So the other thing they could look at doing is ladder some term policies. So if you want to make sure that you've got enough for a, you know, the first 15 years or 20 years, to try and get through that time period of your life, but you still want more coverage beyond that buy a policy that covers 20 years and a policy that covers 30 years and just make sure the values add up to the total amount that you want for those time periods. It's I don't think it's done very frequently, but it's a heck of a strategy, I think, to make sure that you are covered for the time periods you want with the amounts you want in order to um, make things secure as possible. I may have mentioned this a couple of months ago. I, I've been thinking about increasing my life insurance here soon. Um, and and this is, I say that at the risk of every life insurance person that listens to this show calling me to say they want to help. I appreciate it. Uh, I have a person. Uh uh, but but to to your point, Dame, it's that staggered approach. It's where it, it's it's a timing thing for me because the way I view it is I want my portfolio to handle survivor needs when the portfolio reaches the level I want it to reach. But I think I'm going to have to buy some more time, and so that's why I would probably extend a small amount of coverage or supplement a, a small amount of coverage between that time frame. Yeah, when you're talking about a small amount of insurance at that point, even if we you are um, in your 40s, like we may be, are whatever, uh, smaller amounts uh, are really, really pretty inexpensive if you're in reasonable health. I am in reasonable health. My voice does not sound like I'm in reasonable health, but this is my once or twice a year that I, I lose my voice. And so, Dame, I guess my my recommendation to these folks would be load up. I would go with one and a half to two million dollars each. I, it should cost you probably less than two hundred dollars a month total between the both of them. Um, and just small notes that most people know, but not everyone does. Uh, life insurance for women is typically less expensive than life insurance for men. Anytime you're, I don't know, 35, 40 years old or younger, life insurance is really, really, really affordable. If you happen to use tobacco products, it's more expensive. Um, but Dame, I guess, and with 20 seconds left, I think what'll be interesting going forward is do life insurance companies really adopt the COVID question? You know, did you test positive for COVID-19? Uh, you got to think they do as you know, people try to understand the health impacts long-term. But anyway, coming up after the break, we're going to talk about how to open an IRA if you have absolutely no how to, idea how to do that. And of course, our 2021 bold predictions, biggest waste of money of the week, and current events. All that's next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. All the voice is fading. Can you hear yeah. it? Yeah, I thought we were going to have to take a smoke break in the middle of that segment. That'll fix it. This portion of the program brought to you by Premier Protein. 30 grams of protein, no artificial growth hormones. I could use some artificial growth hormones. You can go see a doctor about that, Pete. Low T. <laughs> All right. I got some good comments uh, during the break here or during the show here. Daniel said, should be pretty cheap to get term life insurance. At that point, my wife and I waited until we had our first kid in our house before the point there was really anything we felt required life insurance, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, it's the same boat those folks are in. Levi, uh, hello, Levi. Think of all the earnings that won't happen. Think of the retirement savings. That's not going to happen now. Think of the house payment that goes from 30% to now 60% of one's earned income. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Levi's on it. Jameson. Jameson, I just want you to know you are winning a listener award this week. So you're going to want to stay tuned. Dame, after the next break, in the next break, we're going to give two listener awards this year. Two li- two listener awards. Okay. Do, do we know the categories? Do we get to know the categories? Or are you keeping those wrapped up until? Oh, I, I can break? tell you, uh, uh, listener of the year, uh-huh. 
and Listener Lifetime Achievement Award. Wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Okay. So let's do the next segment. Oh, I got to reset the audio. So you know what? Please Zencaster work as I click this button right now. Absolutely. If you You're are. God and baby Jesus, please work. Send up a little prayer. Make sure that technology gods are. It works. Wow. Did that work? Okay, don't. Shh. Don't ruin it. I can't hear you. You can't hear me? Hello? Really? Nope. Damn it. All right, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. Zencaster, we spoke too soon. You stink. Uh oh, is there a red carpet? Are there nominees? I would tell people to send in picks, but that seems a little creepy if we're gonna do a red carpet. Oh, and by the way, there are literally no prizes. It's just pride. Something you can put on LinkedIn or maybe a Bumble profile. Your Twitter profile. Dame, if you had to be on a dating site, which one would you choose? I don't even know what they are, Pete. Why, why would you I know who says that? People who knows what people who know what they are. I don't. If you have suggestions for which dating site I should be on, keep them to yourself. I don't know much about the dating sites other than I think I would be on Bumble. And I can't tell you why. I just think I like their branding, their approach better, but I've never been to Bumble. Uh, farmers only. Farmers only. I don't farm, but I, I'll I'll make a raised garden. And Do you know what pick you would use on a dating site? What picture I would use? Yeah. Yeah, the one you love. Oh, I love that picture of you. I, I would swipe right or on you if that was the I, thing. Uh, if you if you're on Twitter, I think it might be my Twitter uh, profile picture. If you want to see the the one that we're talking about, I would use my Twitter pic. The one I have like a bow tie on, and I'm like uh, black and white. Black and white. I I mean as many as many me holding bass pics as I have. I know that that's poo pooed on dating sites. Is it, uh, isn't there a dating site for fisher people? Michael uh, mentions Pete looks like an E Harmony kind of guy. Why? Well, I, I I don't know if I. Uh, I know a couple that met on uh, me too. One of those sites, uh, they got married and then they're, they're no longer together, but they had a lovely relationship. My, the couple I know is still married. That's great. All right, let's do something else. Three, two, one back on the Pete, the planner show. By the end of this episode of the show, I will likely have no voice. As we say that I'm going to put in a cough drop because I know you like the clattering of hardened medicine to my teeth dame now that was a mistake to put in that cough drop <laughs> professional broadcaster huh what is wrong with me uh hello i'm looking for advice of what to look for when opening an ira i am not a knowledgeable investor so we need help with an investment strategy but at a low fee can you provide me the specific resource or where i should open an account from kim all right, what do you think? All right, so while you suck on that, oh, that let, me get, uh, let me get the juice. Yeah, make sure you get it prepared there. Nice. Uh, a couple of things you're going to want to look for, Kim. You want to make sure that they have the ability to meet you where you're at with your investing knowledge and acumen. If you are really uncomfortable with the whole process of picking investments and monitoring them and maybe making the changes as you're going, you're going to want to look for something. Uh, like a robo-advisor, Betterment has a, a very nice platform, very straightforward, simple to use. And that means uh, you basically send them the money, you will answer a few questions, and they do all the investing for you on your behalf at a very reasonable low fee. So uh, a robo-advisor might be a great idea for you. And it's not just Betterment. There are other options out there. Uh, seems like all the major brokers just have them anymore. And they're all priced right around the same amount. I, I want to say it's anywhere between a quarter and a half of a percent. And a half percent's way on the high side. So a, a robo-advisor might be one of the options. And frankly, I, I've used one. I still do use one, Pete. I think you have in the past as well. Uh, so it's it's not just a, uh, a solution for people who are getting their feet wet. It can be a, a very handy tool for people who are trying to grow their long-term wealth, right? 
Yeah. So in, in the spirit of full disclosure, at one point in time uh, on our podcast, Betterment was a sponsor. This was years ago before you were even involved, Dame. Okay. And I have Betterment accounts. I know you have Betterment accounts. Uh, but we, I also have accounts that are professionally managed mm -hmm. by uh, an actual person, not a, not a robot or an algorithm for that matter. Uh, but I do think that's a great way to go for a novice investor because it's simplified. It is based on modern portfolio theory, which is a really important concept. It's low fees and more than anything, it, uh, it encourages wise investing behavior, unlike something like Robinhood. Dame, I don't know if you've seen their most recent holiday commercial, but man, Robinhood continues to get under my skin uh, be, because it's really inducing people who don't have financial stability to find financial stability through stocks, which makes no sense. And then also they make the point that the issue in America isn't a lack of stability. Instead, it's the low fee, it's fees associated with trading. I'm, I don't know what E-Trade is or, or TD Ameritrade, but they can't be more than six, $10 a trade. And Robinhood is free. That's not the barrier to entry into investing, the six to $10 trading fee. So I guess this is a long-winded, which is my specialty, way of saying don't go with something like Robinhood because it will encourage poor investing behaviors. Although it's fun, it's gamified, you will feel good. You will feel like you're doing the right thing. If you're not a knowledgeable investor, you have no idea what's going on and you can really get yourself in trouble, especially if they induce you to get a margin account. Yeah, I haven't seen that commercial that you're talking about. I am um, really not all that plussed with uh, Robinhood right now myself either. On the plus side, they do um, get people engaged in their investing for sure. I mean, they're they're paying attention, they're checking on on markets uh, and checking on their investments. But it is uh, making it way too easy to start to engage in poor investing habits. Uh, Six to ten dollars a trade, if they're even charging that anymore, is a small small, small, small roadblock that makes you think at least, at least some people think before they pull the trigger on a trade, because the, the goal, hopefully for most people are long-term investments, not necessarily something that you're going to get in and out of on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. That's starting to play a really dangerous game that this year worked out fine, but we've seen periods of time where it's worked out well in the past. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, things have gone the other way and you are you're playing with fire at that point. Yeah, Dame, I wonder, um, can you just go to like an Edward Jones advisor and just open an IRA and that's the only business you take them? Or does that not really work for their service model? I would guess there are certain Edward Jones reps that have a business model that's conducive to that. Um, you might be able to get uh, some, some decent advice uh, through them, but it's going to take the right person, the right advisor to be able to hold your hand through that process because you want someone who's going to educate you as well. If you're going to pay that person for their time, you want to make sure that you're getting the most out of it as well. So if you approach somebody with the intent of starting to learn what you're doing and becoming a better, more uh, well-rounded investor, make sure the person is going to spend the time with you that you deserve even if that means that you're only giving them a few thousand bucks a year for that IRA. So it, I'm not saying it's impossible. Uh, there are certainly good Edward Jones reps out there. I've, I've known quite a few people who have cut their teeth at Edward Jones and they're great, great people. Uh, but I think uh, they might be a little bit harder to find uh, at that point too. So I'm sure there's a ton of Edward Jones reps out there uh, screaming at me right now, but it's just no, my I experience. I think they do a great job, honestly, I think is in terms of, you know, retail business at the, at, at that level of mm -hmm. putting five, $6,000 a year away. I think they're as good as anyone. I will say this. I thought about this last week or two weeks ago for whatever reason. And I don't remember why. Why did anyone listen to me when I was 23 years old and I just started in the business and I was going out trying to do financial planning. And I, again, I was doing the best I could. I had reasonable training from MetLife uh, at the time, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and why? 
it's not that no, not any 23 year old can be trusted or however I, I butchered the English language there. But why would you trust someone that's been doing it for less than a year? It doesn't even make any sense. That was my biggest hang up when I got into the industry, Pete. I was young. I was one of the youngest CFPs in the country when I when I passed the test and, and had my experience to, to actually start using the mark. I had book knowledge and I had uh, 2008 and nine under my belt, but I was still I, I felt, you know, I, I don't have gray hair. I, I'm sure I have a horrible hairline, but I don't have gray hair. I don't have that that wisdom and that uh, maybe necessarily calm presence that people really are going to want to look for. And at that point, I was probably right because those were the clients that I was seeing on a day in day out basis. They were older. They want they were looking for that type of relationship. Whereas I think now there are people all over the spectrum that are looking for help. Twenty three might be a tough sell. However, if you're charismatic and you come across that you're able to communicate the knowledge that you have, uh, then then you'll probably do really, really well. But being a younger advisor now, I don't think is nearly the roadblock that I felt it was when I was that age. Yeah, I also say I think there's a distinction between financial planning and investment advice. I think financial planning is a little bit potentially easier if you go by the book when you're that age, as opposed to you know, having the experience of, of different market cycles. And it's also important to acknowledge in terms of a financial planning mind and age. Dame, you and I happen to know one of the most brilliant 23, 24 year olds uh, in the country when it comes to financial planning. So yeah. age isn't everything. Uh, I don't know how we got onto this. But anyway, to, to uh, the person who asked the question, Kim, I would go to sort of an all-in-one solution. You can even go direct with a fund company, mm -hmm. something like T. Rowe Price or Vanguard. Uh, you can go to uh, Betterment. I would stay away from Robinhood. If, theoretically, you could even go to a bank branch and, and, and talk to them if you, if you really wanted a local relationship, someone you could talk to, assuming that they stay at that bank branch for, for more than six months. Dame, coming up after the break, uh, 2021 Bold Predictions. On the Pete the Planner Show, I'm Pete the Planner. Levi, I will point out that I did not say I was the youngest CFP in the country. I was one of the youngest CFPs in the country. And look where it got me on a radio show with Pete. All of a sudden, that doesn't seem that prestigious. <laughs> look how that turned out for me. I was all for your accomplishment until I realized that it it it, uh, it got you here with me. And then I was like, oh, I feel bad for you. Yeah, I'm not on a coast making millions of dollars a year. I'm I'm in a barn talking to you. That made me laugh. <laughs> I almost spit out my cough drop. Um, Jameson says he digs that hat, Dame. It's working for you. I think he's pandering for an award at this point. It may be too late. The votes are in. Our accountants have counted the votes. And so you, it might be a good jump for 2021, though. All right. So here's the deal. We've had uh, this radio show, or I've had this radio show since, I don't know, I think this is my 12th year or something like that. I don't remember. I had hair and a voice when it started. You didn't have hair. Uh, the show has changed a lot. We've had people listen from the beginning. People jump in along the way, been very supportive, sending emails, communicating, allow us to help them with their financial lives. So uh, we appreciate that. I mean, that, that's the sort of uh, organization we are. We want to have a relationship with you. We want to, to have accountability in our relationship. So it's with that that we open up the Golden Peters this year. For, I, can't, I can't believe you're you're giving out Golden Peters on the show. Well, usually Golden Peters are given to our, our co-workers at, at uh, PeterCon. But this year I've decided on the show that Golden Peters will be part of the radio program. Dame, the Golden Peter for the 2020 Listener of the Year goes to Danza DeLuna. So Danza, congratulations on your golden Peter. You get absolutely nothing other than the, you can put this on LinkedIn and Dame will recommend you. Do, uh, do you have an example of what the, the trophy would have looked like? I don't have one here. Do you have one? I don't. You never got a golden Peter? No, I've got two golden Peters. I just don't have them with me. I've got them in a, a place of honor in my house. Okay. Um, the next golden Peter is Lifetime Achievement Award. It's the Cecil B. DeMille. Um, we'll call this the Chip Maxwell 
Lifetime Achievement Award. Chip Maxwell was the first co-host of this show. It's one, of, it's one of my best friends. The way this show first was formatted was he wasn't in the financial business, still isn't. And it was just a conversation between he and I, and he was the everyman, and he would just sort of, I would just explain the financial world to him. It was a good concept because he was really good on the radio and really smart and funny. And But then he ran out of time. So anyway, he ran, ran, he ran out of time. It makes it sound like he died. He's still around. He's just not on the show anymore. So we are naming the Lifetime Achievement Award after Chip Maxwell. Who has the most Caucasian name of all time? It's Howard Hebbard Maxwell III. Oh, I knew there was going to be a third. So the Chip Maxwell Lifetime Achievement Award for listeners goes to Jameson Schuler, ladies and gentlemen, from the great state of Texas. Well, he lives in Texas. Jameson, we appreciate your support all the time, you and your wonderful son and your family. Uh, thanks for all your support over the years. We appreciate it. And so those are our two Golden Peter Award winners this year, Dan. Fantastic recipients. I don't think we could have asked for uh, better winners this year. Danza says she'd like to thank the Hey Money team, my mom, my cats, the guy at Sonic, and my boss. It's uh, fun. It's fun. All right, Dame. Uh, bold predictions time. Do you have your list? I got them up. All right. <laughs> my voice is fading, man. We got to get this thing rolling. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Now it's time everyone has, uh, the time everyone has been looking forward to. It's the... 2021 bold predictions that's where dame and i risk the credibility we have left to help you understand what we think is going to happen in 2021 in five very specific categories dame i'm going to share with everyone now what those categories are and we will go back and give our bold predictions okay here we go category number one is what will the s p 500 do in the year 2021 category number two is when will the economy be out of recession and then you can give other thoughts on the economy 2021 what is the breakout company you know stock if you will of 2021 what is the breakout industry of 2021 and then when would you go into a crowded movie theater with no mask what month all right so, Dame, let's start with you. Category number one, Damien Dunn, what will the S&P 500 do in the year 2021? It is now time for you to give your bold prediction. I think it's going to be up in 2021, Pete, potentially a lot. I think it's going to be up around 11.52% if we're going to try and make bold, accurate predictions. 11.52%. I think we're going to get another stimulus check in the next couple of months beyond this one that we just got. And I think it's going to slingshot the market forward. Um, lots of popular names with investors going to continue to lead the charge and they're going to drag the markets forward. S and P 500, especially. Now that is a bold prediction, but it's not as bold as my prediction. <laughs> I have the S and P 500 up 22% Ooh. in 2021. And I'll tell you this, as of today, which is December 30th, the year of the no voice. Uh, the market is up 15% for the year, the S&P 500, and the NASDAQ is up 42%. Damn, I'm going 21%. And that is even taking into account that the market will probably get slapped in the teeth if the Georgia elections go to the Democrats. And I, I say that respectfully. I'm just saying I think if the, both Democrats are elected, I think the market's going to take a little bit of a hit as investors adjust to what that means. That being said, I still think it's going to be up 21% of the year. And it's also important for us to say, Dame, no one act on any of this uh, advice. It's not advice. It's it's a, predictions on a dumb radio show. And by dumb radio show, I'd like to thank all our affiliates for being with us here in 2020. <laughs> right, Dame? Absolutely. Thank you for joining in. And do not listen to a bit of what we say regarding investing. You know, next year at this time, on the final show of the year, we get to see if these predictions are right. I hope so. All right, Dame, give me your bold prediction for when the economy will be out of the recession in 2021, if it will be out of recession in 2021. Sometime in the third quarter, Pete, we will have uh, the housing issues behind us. 
vaccine will be coursing through millions of people's veins and we will be back into a quasi normal lifestyle spending will get back to normal people will be out and about and we will be declared out of a recession sometime in the third quarter i have the same bold prediction yeah but q3 why? q3 yeah. i i think q1 there's a lot of f- still some fear things to figure out i i think the inauguration of president-elect biden will um will be a positive thing for for the economy um just a different approach i i do think though next week based on the special elections in georgia i do think you could see a little bit of a market event there not one you should act on um but i also think that i know we're talking about the economy now and that's different than the market but i I, what i'm saying is whatever turmoil we're going to have will be shaken out of the system come june and we'll be good to go especially in the third quarter all right dame now i need your bold prediction for breakout stock of the year now you and i don't follow individual stocks a lot this is just more of a little thing what do you think my friend i mean this was tough because i i wouldn't have probably picked any of the breakout stocks this year outside of the the big tech stuff but I really like a company like Thor Industries, who's an RV manufacturer. They had a really nice year this year, but I think they will continue to grow as they uh, get tapped into people who are looking more toward the outdoors and travel uh, in that type of manner for their recreation and their vacation. So I, they make a ton, a ton of different vehicles, and I, I think they are poised to make sure that they grow along with it. Plus, it's a local company, so I'm pulling for them. Indiana Company. So you think the stock of Thor Industries will Ragnarok this year? Yes, absolutely. Ragnarok. Yeah. If they don't have Hemsworth as a spokesman, they should. All right. My uh, bold prediction for breakout stock of 2021 is, this is sort of a cheap one, by the way. And by cheap, I mean, I think Delta Airlines is going to go bonkers. And, And here's why. I think people have COVID fatigue and and whether they should or shouldn't, I don't think they should, but whether they should or shouldn't. And I just think travel is going to pick up and pick up, pick up, pick up. And I think Delta is well positioned to deal with that. So I think Delta, especially where where it came from, from this year, I think it was down. Actually, I have that information right here. Uh, Year to date, Delta is down. Uh, Boy, I should not have messed with that because it was there and now it's not there. Oh, damn. Don't you hate that when things are going well in a segment and then you lose it altogether? Yes. That, I mean, that's just really like my biggest weak point. Uh, it's down 30% this year, Ooh, but I think yeah. it's going to uh, rebound and be okay. All right, Dame, next up, it's time for your bold prediction breakout industry of 2021. I'm going to have to be a downer on this one. Okay. I think restructuring consultants are going to have a huge year next year. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's dark. Well, I mean, things have to settle out eventually, and there's going to be uh, some some changes that have to be made in lots and lots of uh, businesses, nonprofits that just aren't going to be able to run the way they used to. They'll be able to function and still be able to uh, either turn a profit or help people, but uh, they they may have to make some changes. So restructuring, I think, is going to be big. Did I ever tell you about the novel I started writing on a flight a couple of years ago? No. I didn't know the opening line is it was the sort of small town in which the only person doing well was the local bankruptcy attorney, which I, I think would, is an amazing opening line. I would read the second line. Yeah. I, you read that. You're like, well, I, I want to know what happens next. Anyway, I, I uh, forced Mrs. Planner to read the first 10 pages. Did not get the feedback I was looking for. Well, I mean, what does a professional English teacher know? I think the breakout industry for 2021 is banking. Banking. Anytime mass lending happens, like what is about to happen with PPP, you know how much money banks made with PPP? Tons, tons and tons of money. And they're going to make tons and tons and tons more. So I think banking is my choice there. All right, Dame, finally, our final bold prediction for 2021. When will you go to a crowded movie theater? When will you feel comfortable going to a crowded movie theater 
without a mask. I don't have a choice in this one, Pete. It's July 2nd. July 2nd is the day. What movie is coming out July 2nd? That's when the new Top Gun movie is slated to be released. It looks so good. I I don't, I, I may walk in there in a hazmat suit, but I will feel comfortable. Do you have Amazon Prime uh, video? I do. Watch Hannah. There's two seasons. It's a television show called Hannah, H-A-N-N-A, sort of a spy situation thing. I've watched it over the last few days because, you know, <laughs> really good. I will do that. Really good. Uh, I, I'm going with October. I will just wait until Top Gun comes out on video. Can, I'm going to take the over on your prediction for you feeling comfortable going into a movie theater. You think it's going to be 2022? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That, that's a that's a fair thing. No matter what our predictions are, uh, we hope to be right on some of these, right? And we don't want you to act on any of these. And man, uh, we we want to get back to uh, full reemployment. We want to get back to people earning money uh, and, and providing for their families the way they are used to doing. So, Dame, coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week and current events. All that's next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. That was a fun little segment. Yeah. It went well. Oh, Danza said she finished Cobra Kai yesterday. It is fun. Dame, have you uh, watched the Cobra Kai? I've watched like maybe the first two um, episodes of season one. It's great. We are, we just finished season one of Mandalorian last night. So good. Do you know what happens at the end of season two? No. Oh, don't watch it. Go watch it all today. No, I got stuff to do. No, you don't. Hopefully concerts and theater come back by summer. I'm with you there. I don't care about concerts other than I want people to be employed. I'm not going to go stand in a crowd and listen to music. I could listen to at home after I had to sit in traffic and parking issues, but whatever. Ted Lasso waiting for the second season of Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso second season. There's only one season. I'm waiting for the second season. Oh, Yellowstone to our watch list. Okay. Well, Yellowstone. We also watched um, the undoing on HBO with Nicole Kidman and uh, Hugh Grant, really good. And The Flight Attendant on HBO Max with Kaylee Kukukahoka, whatever her name is, really good. Okay, okay. I, I don't have HBO money. Uh, oh, I gotta reset the audio and... Damn, can you hear me? I can. All right, let's uh, do uh, Biggest Waste of Money of the Week and uh, the news. Three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show is the Louis Vuitton monogram kite. Continuing a tradition of creating eye-poppingly expensive renditions of common objects, Louis Vuitton is now offering a kite in its signature monogram print. The kite itself is made from technical nylon fabric and comes inside a matching monogram canvas carry case with leather straps, handles, and a red interior. Originally shown at the Men's Spring Summer 2019 show, it's available now. Now, Dame, of course, this is a radio show, but you can see the visual here. What do you think this Louis Vuitton non-leather, it's a technical nylon, what do you think this thing costs? Well, that kite in a uh, Dora the Explorer print at <laughs> Walmart would probably be about $4.99. So I'm going to guess that that one is $499. Oh, so close. Try $10,499. <laughs> what in the world? No way. Crazy, Dame. What is going on in current events? Oh, uh, for the between the uh, the commercial break, there we did uh, announce our listeners of the year. Uh, Danza Deluna is the 2020 listener of the year of the Pete the Planner Show, and the Chip Maxwell Lifetime Achievement Award went to Jameson Schuler down in Texas. So uh, just so you know, those are the awards. Maybe you can win them next year if you didn't win this year. Dame, what's in current events this week? Uh, New York is poised to enact uh, wide-reaching protections for tenants suffering from hardship due to coronavirus pandemic after lawmakers voted to place a moratorium on many evictions until May 1st. So, Pete, good news uh, in New York. And I think uh, other states are starting to look at uh, potentially doing something similar for their, their tenants in their states. 
Now, you and I both think that eviction moratorium is a good thing in the, in the sense that it keeps people housed. The, the other shoe to drop, though, is how do you compensate landlords that are left high and dry? And, and part of the new stimulus bill provides money for that. I think $25 billion mm-hmm. for landlords and for backed rent, which, which I think is a really good thing. By the way, you and I, uh, throughout last week, through the last 168 hours, we're both right and wrong continuously as whether that bill got signed by the president of the United States or not. So I was ready to just text you when he was good up pocket veto that thing and say, Hey, I was right now. Millions of people are suffering. Uh, But fortunately the bill passed. And while in my opinion, the $600 stimulus payment isn't enough, uh, I'm glad some of the other provisions within that bill uh, I've gotten through, such as the rental assistance per your point in New York, it's a different issue because of housing density, I think than it is, uh, and other parts of the country. So I think that's great news for the state of New York. Uh, the online brokerage industry might be hard-pressed to outdo the record-breaking year it experienced in 2020, but for now, few are betting against it. Individual investors opened more than 10 million new brokerage accounts in 2020, and uh, interest isn't fading either. App downloads for brokerage firms, while lower than earlier in the year, remain resilient, with Robinhood expected to reach 500,000 downloads in December alone. Pete, uh, I'm glad people are in uh, investing in their financial future. But man, I, I don't know what else we can say about this. Well, it's gambling. I mean, it, it is the FanDuel and what's the other one? DraftKings. Uh, uh, so something Kings, yeah. Yeah. The popularity of those sites have crossed over into online trading so much so that whatever the guy's name, CEO of uh, Barstool, Portnoy. Portnoy, yeah. He's really into one of, whether it's DraftKings, whatever their sponsor is. And then now he's into online trading. So that crossover appeal is wildly popular. And it's in that, I say this with the respect it's due, it's in that bro set. Mm-hmm. It, like if, if they had to say, well, what's your demo for the, you know, the increase of online trading? Bros, primarily. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, the thought occurred to me while you were talking, Ted walks up to you and says, I want to open a Robin hood account, or I want to open a DraftKings account. Which one are you more concerned with? I'm more concerned with the Robin hood account. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I probably would be too. Yeah. That's, that's really, cause I mean, what's funny in our house, we play a lot of fantasy sports because you know, it, it's sort of fun. I mean, kids talk about it and, by the way, I'm in the fantasy finals in football this weekend against Ollie, my 11-year-old daughter. So I hope to whoop her uh, figuratively uh, on the battlefield. And then we just started fantasy basketball this year, which none of us even know how it works. But that is a form of gambling that I'm introducing to my children, yet I'm not going to let my son day trade like I did in college because it's changed so much. Back then, you had to do it in an honest way. I mean, you just had to... Uh, you know, be bored out of your mind day trading. Now it has become sort of like the Dave and Busters of the internet. I agree. Uh, Bitcoin is going pro, Pete. Carolina Panthers tackle Russell Okung will receive half of his $13 million salary in the form of the volatile cryptocurrency. The other half, of course, goes to the government. Uh, The move makes him the first player from any of the big four U.S. sports leagues to be paid with a cryptocurrency. What do you think about that? Well, I'll just say this. Um, number one, this is either going to prove to be genius or the biggest mistake in NFL history or professional sports history. Um, and, and what's even happened over the last few years, I think it was down to $2,000 or so. Or and, and I bought some live on the air one episode. I mean, it's, it's going to swing wildly. It's just going to swing wild. I, I think that's a giant mistake. But, you know, look, I guess I'll publicly apologize. Not that he cares what I think, nor should he, uh, when he's right and I'm wrong in a couple of years. I, I can't imagine getting my salary sent to me in something that's volatile like that. So Yeah, it's like, I, I don't understand. I, I, I don't understand the upside. Of course, I understand the upside. But it's it's the old what is it a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush or something like that? Yes, yeah, good job. <laughs> Thank you. Then a good bird hunting reference to sure. to wrap up the year. What else is in the news, Dave? 
Mexico is home to the world's most powerful drug cartels. Uh, they've terrorized the country for years, but the country is now poised to try something different in tackling the gangs by legalizing at least one of their products, marijuana. Mexico oh. is set to become, yeah, Mexico is set to become the world's largest cannabis market as its Congress wraps up legislation in the coming weeks to legalize pot throughout the supply chain from farming to distribution to consumption. Now that's going to be interesting. Uh, as many listeners who've listened for a while know, I don't really care about any of that stuff. Although, you know, what it doesn't bother me whether it's legalized or not, but that could be really, really interesting in that particular country of how that affects the drug trade. That that is, that seems like a solution to a problem. If I'm being honest, I, I'm uninformed, but that's how I feel. I'm not sure. I I would like to think it will help the issue, but I'm wondering if the cartels will just find a way to. Uh, capitalize on on this side of it as well or maybe they just start exporting more of it to other countries and uh, making their profits elsewhere no that, that's true it could but I, I guess i guess what needs to be understood is how much of the consumption of marijuana is going on in mexico versus how much of it is being exported illegally of course I, we would have to talk to the federales and try and find out the, that information Mrs. Planner and I were in Mexico two or three New Year's ago, and we're running on the beach. And we we were running and we round this bend, and there's like a giant pack of federales with very giant guns and like ammoed up, ready to go. And it's in that moment that I felt like as much out of control of my destiny as I've ever felt in my life. And that's not to be accusatory or to stereotype the federales. Or anything like that. It was just such a, this is a poor choice. It was such a foreign experience to be running on a beach and to have guys with like, I would assume semi-automatic weapons uh, there. Well, and it was very odd. I've never felt more vulnerable, honestly, in my life than that moment. I, I would go with fully automatic weapons. I'm, I'm pretty sure they had the, the giggle switch enabled in those. I didn't want to be mansplained weapons, so that's why I said I don't know. Sorry. Dame, that's it for this year. <laughs> for the show and the year in general. Dame, I appreciate all you've brought to the program this year. You have really made this the best year for the show ever, and it's because of you. So thank you, my friend. Well, you're welcome. Uh, and to all of you, thanks for listening. Send you good vibes because that's all that's in the budget in 2020. I'm Pete the Planner, and this has been the show. All right. Dame, I, I can't talk anymore. I know. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being part of our, our little fun family here that gets together once a week. Dame and I have got more for you next year. Starting next Friday, the of January, we will be back with you. And uh, hey, if you ever need anything, email us, askpete at com. And if you want to uh, have a relationship with someone from our organization that will lead you and hold you accountable to your financial goals, by all means, go to callheymoney.com. That's callheymoney.com. Dot com. You may even just get Damien Dunn himself as your financial friend. Sorry. So it's with that. Dame, do you have any final words of 2020 for these fine folks? Uh, be safe, uh, be optimistic, and start making your goals out now. Uh, if you need help with goals, send it to us. We'll uh, we'll help you craft some goals. Maybe. Your, your words were much better than mine. Okay. Bye, everybody. Uh, enjoy the champagne or Prosecco or Cava. I, I'd stick with champagne. I mean, sparkling Californians decent to drink champagne. Goodbye. Hey.